Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. I tell them I'm not like the rest of Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the show. I am back home in Texas this week. If you guys saw on Instagram, I was in LA in a studio all week long. I think I recorded 14 episodes. I left with, you know, my voice on its way out, but we fixed it. I'm learning some things. You drink some hot tea, you get some honey in there. You know, these are all common sense things, but um, I just don't think of them. So anyways, um, today's episode is incredible. I think y'all are really going to like it. We have JC and Chelsea on for the 15th time onto the show. We have recorded so many episodes together, both on my podcast and on theirs. So if y'all love this, don't worry. We have, I think we have at least two other episodes on my show alone together. So total, we might have five. Also, like not to brag, but to brag, I am now, well, I don't want to say I'm now. I, I somehow got on Taylor Jenkins Reid's like mailer list, if you will which essentially is PR for authors. It's like this whole new world that I'm living in. And they sent me her book early. I've been sent a few books early in, in my time, you know, as a bookstagrammer at KE Book Club, if you ever need any good book racks. But this one was a big one for me because Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is one of my favorite books ever. I also love her early romance novels. You know, oh my God. And I finished it last night. I almost read the entire thing in one night. I did end up finishing it. And I loved it. Oh, by the way, um, it was Carrie Soto's back. I didn't even tell y'all the title. But that's just because I'm really excited to finally be recognized for who I really am, which is a bookstagrammer, a books expert, if you will, in all romance, memoirs, thrillers, and um, fiction overall. So anyways, little update from you know, my last book episode on how I read over 100 plus books. I am now on that mailer list. Hopefully they don't take it off once they hear this. I really want her to come on the show. But it was incredible. I really liked it. It comes out like late August. But in the book world, you know, I know so many of y'all are in the book world just like me. This has been a really anticipated book and I loved it. So anyways, just had to, uh, you know, do a little book talk on today's episode. But we are talking to JC and Chelsea today on kind of like navigating our 20s part two slash like a little bit of, I don't want to say like religious trauma, but maybe changing your beliefs and changing your faith or even just considering something different or maybe taking a break in your 20s. It's not like we're burning the place down. It's more so this is another topic that's really hot in your 20s. And I think, actually, I know every time I talk about this, I get so many messages from y'all. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. You can watch the entire thing on YouTube. We're also a, what do they say, a vlogcast show. So you guys can just click the link in the description, watch every episode on YouTube, Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. We also have a newsletter. Check out the Breadwinning Housewife Summer Collection. It's probably our best yet, but I love you guys so much. And let's welcome JC and Chelsea on to the podcast. Okay, guys, we're back with our like 17th podcast episode together. Here we are. I'm happy to have my fake co-host here. What we said. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having Hi, us back. Of course, guys. Mm -hmm. I think this is like our sixth episode that we've recorded together. Good. We've recorded quite a few. Quite a few. But not enough. You know what I'm saying? And like it won't stop. Never enough. We love to talk Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of thoughts. And so I told everyone to come prepared today about two minutes ago with a thought to start off the episode. 
So, JC, I'll let you go first since you thought of yours last. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what my thought is? Is there's too much information in this world. And I have recently been thinking about how every... So, I have been, you know, drinking non-dairy milk for years. And I've been like, oh, I think that, like, I maybe am lactose intolerant. I don't know. Like, I kind of made that up. I don't know. It's sometimes <laughs> my stomach would hurt after, like, dairy. So, I'm like, oh, yeah, don't. I'm not going to eat dairy anymore. And so I've been drinking almond milk. I did a food sensitivity test and it was like, your number one sensitivity is almonds. And I was like, amazing. So I've been, you know, kind of counterintuitive. And then I was thinking like, oh, I want to do oat milk. But then people have said recently, like, oat milk's actually not good for you. But then I'll read something else that's like, cow's milk is horrible. And I've just been thinking about how much information is in our world and how it's not normal, how much access we have to it and how it's so overwhelming to make one tiny decision, especially if you're someone who overanalyzes or overthinks things, because you can always find a freaking article or something to back up whatever thing you want to believe in. Absolutely. And that is why we're in such a bad place in this world. It is. But it's so hard, especially when you're trying to be like healthy and you just don't because everything contradicts something else one million percent i was just telling my therapist this actually i'm like when i'm working out for example like i have listened to almost too many self-help podcasts and too many self-help books where i'm working out and i'm like actually at my limit like i did i already say was that soul cycle or no no you didn't say okay i was at soul cycle and i was telling like i was going so hard my heart was about to explode like it the music was so loud i was about to throw up actually like at my body's limit And I was like, I have to slow down. Like, it's okay if you're the one in the back going a little slower, not up at the pace. But then the thoughts in my head are talking like a self-help book. And they're like, that's an excuse. Get up and work. Like, move your ass. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, you're right. Like, that's just an excuse. And I was telling my therapist this. He's like, I don't think that's an excuse. Like, I think you should listen to your body more than your thoughts. And I'm like, it's impossible, though. I have so many thoughts. And I have so many, like... People that say, well, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. I'm like, okay, well, nothing's good. good. Nothing's good. Nothing's bad. Yeah, nothing's good. That is so hard, especially with working out. I do the same thing and I can hear the people that I listen to. I've honestly stopped reading a lot of personal development books because it was just getting to be too much. I'm like, sometimes I just need to be. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sometimes I just need to be. I can't do this anymore, but I still love it. And I'm like obsessed with all of that. But I totally understand. Mm-hmm. The, the self-help books I like now to read are very calming. They're not yes. like making me feel like I'm, I don't know, crazy motivated in a way where I feel like it's pressured to do something. That's, and that's unsustainable. Mm-hmm, exactly. I like the ones that are calming, grounding, like talking about the, that exact thing. Like you're already enough. And when I feel like I'm already enough, I'm motivated to do good things. So It's very true. Mm-hmm. My thought. Well, I'm going next, I guess. Yeah, it's your turn. (laughs) (laughs) What's actually kind of very similar to JC's is, but it's about content. Like, there's too much content. That it's like we live in a simulation. I consume way too much content. It's hard for me to enjoy content now because I I don't see anything that I'm like, wow, that's so new and and cool and not not as exciting as it used to be. Like, like nothing is groundbreaking. Yes. Nothing. It's, It's hard, though. I was talking about this with TK last night. Because I think the whole like Emma Chamberlain's podcast like shook everyone. And mm-hmm. I didn't even listen to it. I just like heard the cliff notes. But it's really difficult because nothing really in the world is original. It's exactly. been done before. It doesn't matter. If, even if you don't think it's ever been done, it's been done. Mm-hmm. So like the I think the obsession with being original is a waste of time. Because also when you're trying so hard to be original then you're probably trying to like not be yourself if it's not coming supernaturally. So then it's inauthentic. So then you're like trying to be someone that you're not, you know? Like I get the sentiment of it being, I get like in a healthy way of it being original. It's like my idea, this new thing, but I don't know. I just think like everything has been done before. I hate to break it to you, you know? One million percent. In the book that I'm reading now, I'm like in the self-help book. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's do you have you read um A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle or No, Power but of I now? need to. Did you post on your story recently? Yes. Yeah, I put, I screenshotted it. It talks all about the ego and it's it talks about how the ego wants an identity so bad. Like it thinks the more you have, the more <laughs> yeah. you are. It thinks like it lusts after things, it wants to want things. It it doesn't even want to have things cuz it will never let you be satisfied. Like it just constantly telling you you're not enough and it's telling you you have to stick out to be worthy like your identity has to be unique you have to have you know something that makes you stand out 
in order to be loved and accepted, but that's not the truth. I'm understanding this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah I'm an Enneagram four. I feel that like deep in my yeah. bones. I'm a three. So I'm like, you're yep. three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're Are you a wing same. four? Wing two. I'm oh. a wing two too. Because I want to over like succeed, overachieve. And then I want everyone around me to do the same. Mm-hmm. So yes. I will literally some my friends. My, by the way, my poor, poor friends who are just nice people <laughs> and they don't maybe want to do what I do or yeah. like want to do something else. They like what they're doing and they're content and happy. And like that is a beautiful thing. OK, but. I come out and they'll mention something that they want to do. I'm like currently trying to make them all TikTok stars. Yeah. And I'm like, that's me. 100% bad. And I'm like, you like doing this. That would be great on TikTok. Why not stop posting that in a Snapchat, post it on TikTok and then hashtag this. And like, and like, before you know it, I'm like trying to give them a career. I'm like, what am I doing? Like creating a five-step business plan for them. Exactly. And that is my three wing too. Like it actually is embarrassing sometimes. No, you know, you know what I just told my friend who was saying, she's like, I kind of want to do TikTok. Should I? And I like, of course I'm like, Yes, and let me tell you how. And da, 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 da. and I was saying, here's the thing. I've seen how social media has led me to my dream career and dream life. And it's, I'm such a passionate person by nature anyway that it's so hard for me when someone's like, oh, I have this idea to not be like, do it. Like yes. you could literally you know, have a career out of this and like live your dream life, especially when they don't enjoy their current job. I'm just like, I'm so, I want this for you so bad. But I'm the same way. I'm like overkill for sure. But it's hard. I completely agree with that. And it is hard when I'm watching people like settle because I'm like, you don't really want to be doing that. And in my head, because I have done it and I love what I do. I'm like, why don't you just do this? Yeah. I'm like in this, and it doesn't have to be exactly what I'm doing, but it's like, well, you can use social media to do this and then this and to this. To leverage and then, things and build things. Yes. yes. And then before you know it, I'm like trying to Chris Jenner their lives. And like, I, <laughs> they didn't ask for that, yeah. you know? And it's like, if you ask, it's one thing. But like, no one has asked me, you know? <laughs> Not a single one of them has been like, you know, more so recently, like I think we are getting into like a little TikTok groove, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Also on the topic of like, there's so much content. We were never meant ever to consume this many opinions especially about ourselves, ever. It is unnatural. It is not. Like, and I say that as I willingly put my life on the internet. So like, I'm not necessarily complaining. I'm just saying it's a very odd thing. It is. So when people are, when mental health is so downhill and people are doing not well at all, it's not shocking. Like, we're not supposed to consume. We're not, one, we're not even supposed to know about things that are happening elsewhere. Like, we were not, like, the world was designed and created that way. So like having so much access all the time to like horrible things that is happening, that was not always normal. And then also totally different sector when you're on social media and then all these people, even if you're like a normal person by normal, I mean like you're not regularly putting your life on the internet. Like you have like a traditional job and like you just, you're not like an influencer. Even when they're posting a TikTok and it goes viral, it's all these people attacking them. Like that is not natural. No, No. none of it is. And I, I was saying this, Like if I ever say like, oh, I don't really read whatever, like comments or reviews, which I do sometimes, but sometimes I'll go through phases where I don't. Do you read your podcast reviews? No. Good. Not recently. You're so brave. No, not (laughs) not recently. But people will then like be mad about that. Like they'll say, okay, so you just can't take criticism. And I'm like, no, criticism is also different than hate. Yes. And people really need to understand that. Like criticism can be helpful in a certain sense but a lot of the critiques are not helpful or kind at all so it's not whatever but no actually I can't take constant criticism over everything about my personality it's not natural like you said like you know and it comes with the territory yes and I don't want to complain about it because it is part of the job and and we have so many pros and so it's not worth like getting into so much but at the same time it's like okay someone who has a traditional job does everyone just in the office gather around you and they each say something that they just like think is so ugly and stupid about you every day yeah how would that affect you you would just be like oh dang I don't feel great about myself after reading all these things you know you would think twice about what you wore to work you would think twice about what you said at work so everything would be so much more complicated you'd be walking at eggshells constantly yes and I find myself when I am like super diving into the podcast reviews or YouTube comments or any of that stuff that I slowly become less me because I'm like well I don't want to be vulnerable anymore because I said this and then they took it as this which is definitely not my intention so it makes me a less me version of myself which I don't want so then I feel like the way to be the most authentic is to put it on the back burner a little bit and not care as much or read and Dear Media does show us constructive criticism reviews yes. for the record. So like there's a difference between criticism and hate. 
And the people who are mad that you're not reading it are the ones who are commenting hate. Exactly. You know? Because there is, and I'm so grateful for all the positive reviews because it does help our podcast. And so I always try and make sure and say that too. Yes. Like, If you're leaving positive reviews, even if I didn't physically read it, like I'm so grateful. And I'm, I'm so happy that you did that because it helped our show so much. So if you love it, that's awesome. But yeah, that it's exactly what you said. It's like, well, and the reviews aren't necessarily for us either. The reviews are for other people to know. It's like a Yelp True. review. Like, would you go eat at this restaurant? Would I listen to this, you know, podcast? Exactly. So it's like, I like this podcast because this and this. Like, I, if you like this, you'll love this podcast. If you don't like this, you won't like this podcast. So it's not really even for us to read. And like you said, Dear Media will bring us some. If it's like a constant thing, like you guys, you know, everyone's and saying the same thing, maybe. Think about it. And there are things that are constructive, like you said. Like, oh, I wish the... You know, if a ton of people are like, I want the podcast episodes to be shorter because of this, that's something to consider. But it's not like you guys are ugly and your voice did that. It's like, that's nothing we can control. Yeah. So we're, why would we read that? You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hate your voice and you're stupid. And, yeah. 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 And you're ugly too. And yeah. yeah. That's basically <laughs> what it is. And like, I hate your family too. Like, yeah. it really just like it doesn't stop. And you're reading and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I hate your family. Yeah. Literally. literally. It's horrible. This podcast is brought to you by Waterdrop, the new go-to hydration brand. Drinking enough water is super important, especially during the summer. It helps our bodies function properly and keeps our minds sharp. Not drinking enough can lead to a number of annoying symptoms, loss of concentration, headaches, dizziness, etc. We all know that you feel better when drinking enough water, but sometimes we need some encouragement. Waterdrop has the perfect solution that encourages you to drink more water, but in a sustainable way. Our busy lives make it difficult to drink the suggested amount of water. I know we all feel that. Um, rushing from home to work to the gym and back, it's easy to reach for something with sugar or caffeine for that energy kick, right? And that is where Waterdrop comes in. It is the solution to your hydration needs. There are small and convenient cubes that add flavor, vitamins, and even caffeine to your water. Easy to use on the go. Right now, I have my water. I'm about to go get a facial, and I have water drop in it. It tastes incredible. They have a wide range of flavors from berry to fruity to citrusy and herbal. Drinking water becomes super easy and fun. Health experts recommend drinking eight, eight ounces a day, which equals to about two liters or half a gallon a day. That can be intimidating, but with water drop, it becomes so much easier because the range of flavors is exciting and you're actually wanting to drink more. And you're also getting important vitamins with no added sugar. They are low-cal but delicious. So you guys can head to Waterdrop website and get a special 15% off discount for listeners of this podcast. Browse their large collection of micro drinks, glass and steel bottles, grass, glasses, and more. The discount code is I love you, and it is valid for three weeks. What's up, everyone? I'm Kristen Cavallari. And I'm Stephen Coletti. We're so excited to announce Dear Media's new podcast, Back to the Beach with Kristen and Stephen, where we'll revisit all of your favorite episodes of Laguna Beach, The Real Orange County, and unveil behind-the-scenes secrets, tea, and all sorts of new insight into this groundbreaking show. So join us every Tuesday. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm already feeling nostalgic. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I turned 25 in a few short weeks and something that I have done for most of my life at this point is go to therapy. I think therapy is incredibly important. I love how many conversations we are having around therapy these days. And I love BetterHelp for a few different reasons. One, it's online therapy, which I find to be a little bit more comforting. If you're a little overwhelmed, you also just want to like save time not drive, gas prices are crazy, not sit in a waiting room, not run into someone that you might know. BetterHelp is awesome for that because they actually offer video, phone, and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you could not even hear someone's voice if you really want and just start off with live chat therapy sessions. It's also much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. This is huge because sometimes it can take months to get into a new therapist. It's crazy because how well would you take care of your car if you knew that you had to keep the same one your entire life? Well, that is how our brains work. So why don't we treat them that way? Like I said, I have been in therapy most of my life and largely in the past year and a half or two years has been over the topics that we are covering in today's episode from faith changes to foundational changes to just navigating your 20s in general. I cannot recommend therapy enough, especially if any of the topics we talk about on this podcast 
resonate with you. So our listeners can get 10% off in their first month at betterhelp.com slash Kinsey. That's betterhelp.com slash Kinsey. Okay, so my thought, it's not really a thought as much as it's like, I, I don't know. I, you know, I make the rules here on this podcast today. So, okay, guys, I have been posting about this only because I've been extremely validated <laughs> when I'm posting about it. So it's make me feel better. I have felt this way my whole life. The way people traditionally feel in the fall and winter time with seasonal depression is how I feel in the summer, hmm. which is so tragic, isn't it? But I'm so happy in the fall and winter. And in the summer, I hate the heat. So something about that just doesn't sit right with me. Like, I love gloomy weather. It's really weird. And then it just makes me, like, extremely unmotivated and just, like, really down. I spiral. I'm way more critical mm. of myself. Not physically, but, like, emotionally. I'm, I'm more critical on myself, like, for, like, my career and, like, what mm-hmm. I'm doing in the summer than I am normally. Like, the, everything that people describe like seasonal depression as in the fall and winter, I am not in the summer. And it's not very fun. Well, what are your top three favorite hobbies? Okay, reading, so I know, is one. Reading, Pilates, and then cooking. Like, those are all very winter, fall things, yeah, too. Yeah, that's so true. Like, like when I do think all of those you things. and what you like to do, exactly. like, I feel very cozy. I feel totally. very, like, that's what you thrive doing, so that's the time to do it. So it's like you want to be in that season. That makes sense. That's so true. And, like, my tortellini kale soup that I like making, mm-hmm. you know. That's very true. But I like a lot of the summer. Like, I like vacation. Yeah. I like the water. Like, I do like these things. But it just, it's, I'm unwell these days. Yeah. I, I want to dive now. into that psychologically. I don't know how, but it's like, I'm sure yeah. there's a reason. There's got to be. I've done, like, years of trying to do, like, deep dives with different therapists, too. To be like, was there, like, a trauma that happened that, like, is linked to summer? And that's why I hate summer and I associate mm. it with it. It's not. I do think partly... It could be because I'm such a like routine person and I thrive off of routines that summer naturally everything feels a little bit more relaxed, even though obviously I'm not in school anymore. So like my life doesn't really change. But I do feel like there's like more travel and more like life's a little bit more up in the air. But I don't know because I travel a lot year round. Yeah. Hmm. You know? That mm-hmm. does make sense though, like the no routine. But I still have a routine. Yeah. Because it's I was going to say, know. though, the heat I could be a it. factor because even in Arizona, like, I remember just being like, the summer's miserable. Like, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to do anything. It, it kills my motivation for everything because it's like, oh, we could go to this whatever, you know, park and have a picnic. And I'm like, that sounds miserable. It's yeah. so hot. Like, I don't yeah. want to do that. I'm I don't want to do anything. Not doing that. Yeah. yeah. So then you're kind of are just in your house all day, which I don't know. Did you love school growing up? Yeah, I, I did like school. And I liked mm. the routine of it, I think. Yeah. I say that, but, like, I didn't go a lot. And I was weirdly, like, very involved. But, like, I was going to court for truancy all the time. And I had great grades, so that's how I got away with it. Like, mm. I literally went to court because I didn't show up to school. Wait, and what? Weirdly enough, which is very common. Like, they a lot took of you people, to court? Oh, yeah. It's called truancy. Oh, my goodness. But a lot of people that I knew, like, it, it wasn't just me, but it was, like, it was a little well, more Are they extreme. suing you? Like, what, what do you mean no, they took you to court? No, I think if you were to have, like, bad grades, you would maybe have to do, like, community service or, like, repeat the grade. Whoa. But I was also, like, president of my class, and I had good grades. So, like, I would just get away with murder. Mm-hmm. But I, like, strategically put myself, I was like, I have to be president because when you're president, you just tell people what to do. So it looked like I was super involved, but everyone else was doing things. And I was like, I have to run an errand, not to leave. There were, I say I like the routine of school, and that's not actually true. I hated, like, I did well, like, academically, but the actual structure of school I didn't like. But I love the fall, and I love, like, football games and soups. And, like, I live in Texas, so so much of your life is football. Yeah. Like, it was, sur- like, really revolved around that. And I love the weather, and, like, you're playing Taylor Swift, and yeah. it's just, like, the best thing. You know what? Maybe each of us, it's like, you know, we just did an episode about Kardashians, so the Kardashians are on my mind. But it's like, it's kind of the same. Like, what Kardashian are you? What season are you? Your personality is something that aligns more with one season than others. Like, yeah, you true. as a being, you as, you know, your hobbies, all of that stuff. What Kardashian are you, Courtney? I don't know. It depends. You have the same birthday as Courtney. It's true. Me oh, and Courtney have the same birthday. Yes and no. Like, in certain ways, I feel like we're both of the health. We love yes. the health, the wellness, the... I don't know. I feel similar to her sometimes in the way of like how she feels like wants to be more private sometimes. Ever since I was little, I wanted to be famous. But like the older I get, the more I realize like that is literally not what I want. I just want to be rich. Like (laughs) I don't want to be famous. Like it's just too much. Like 
I liked attention. I loved performing. I think I get those confused. Actually, like I love to perform. I don't want to be famous. Like it's too much. That's the episode title. I don't want to be famous. I just want to be rich. Literally. (laughs) You get all the perks because being famous, you normally are rich if you're famous enough. So being rich, you get all the perks of, you know, fame monetarily. Then you don't have to deal with anyone in your business. Exactly. But I am sensitive like Kendall sometimes, I think. I'm a little sensitive girl. So Kendall. Yeah. It's a lot of inspo from you yeah. these days. It's just been like exhausting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's really like, hard. It's such a hard, it's been such a hard few months. Like when you're, when you are Kendall Jenner's muse, it's like, do you know how taxing that is? Like it gets really tiring after a while. So how are you taking care of yourself? Yeah. I've been doing a lot of self-care recently. <laughs> Get off the internet, you know, cause it's just like, whoa, a lot. Reading, just having to take a little bit extra care of myself lately. No, so. totally get that. Mm-hmm. What Kardashian are you? Mm, I think it depends on the dynamic. I actually don't know. It's hard. They they all yeah. have like different. They all have different sides. Someday to them. I feel like yeah. Kim. I'm like I am the. I'm definitely the, the world revolves around me. My friends and I did this recently, and I'm definitely the Kim of our friend group. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely, but yeah. I think it depends on the dynamics with people. True. Yes, true with true. each person. Yes. Do you feel more private, like having a kid? Like has that changed yeah. how much you share? One million percent. Yeah. Because it's not. I don't know. I felt like I could take opinions like I don't care or I didn't care before. I'd be like, oh, I don't believe any of this stuff. But I feel like when it's somebody outside of me, but it's like someone I feel like I have to protect. It also then also has something to do with me and like my personality. So, yes, if I hide him, no one knows about him. But then his mom is online. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it's like. I don't know. I can do my own thing and I have my own life. Obviously, I don't have to like revolve it around him. And if I think he's gonna be embarrassed of me by any means. But I think it just kind of made me rethink like who is watching? Why do I want people to watch? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it just made me rethink everything about it. And so and also just time, honestly, is another big thing. I feel like the time it takes to create content in general and then adding him into it and all that stuff. I don't know. It just... Made me rethink my life, honestly, (laughs) everything about my life. So how do you feel about sharing so much online right now? I go through waves and phases. Like sometimes I just feel like, well, all the time I feel like what you see is what you get kind of like, especially on the podcast. I'm incapable of like not being, I feel like pretty brutally honest. Like, yeah, I can't. We always say it's like, it'd be fun to be mysterious and be like, ooh, like, what do you think? But I'm like, no, I literally pooped my pants and I told you. Like, it's like, (laughs) I can't just, I don't have, I feel like I'm a natural kind of overshare in that way. But like I said, when I start taking in too much criticism is when I start wanting to be more private because I'm just like, I don't want you to have access to all of my thoughts and stuff because you don't deserve them kind of thing if people are being rude. But when I just am like, I don't care what anyone said, it doesn't matter, you know, and I'm not even taking their critique or criticism into account, really. I feel so much more open where I'm like, I don't care what I will say whatever I want because who cares? Yeah, so I go want, through waves. You want like certain parts of yourself to be private where it's like you don't want your entire every aspect of your life to be out there for everybody where it's kind of, I don't know. I think it's hard to sometimes find the balance of that where I think I share so much verbally or I I say every thought that goes in my head five times, not even just once. It's like it's out there for the world to see. So sometimes I think maybe visually I'm like, well, I'll just keep that part like private, like, you know, what my house looks like or just things like that. Where I'm like, sir, let me just keep some certain parts of my life, you know, just to me. But yeah. then at the same time, I do have a hard time being like, well, it just he looks so cute today. Like, I just have to post him. But. I don't know. It's it's a messy world. It's like I think right now there's this movement almost of kids and and privacy online. So I think I'm also in the thick of of that like discovery, I guess, of like there's so many creepers online. So privacy is ultra important, ultra important, whereas maybe like five years ago it wasn't as important because people didn't think there's creepers on the Internet. There's way more conversation around it Mm -hmm. now. Definitely. So, yeah. I'm like a chronic oversharer, but then sometimes I will go through phases where I'm like, I want no one to know anything. And for so long, I didn't post any of my friends from Dallas until it just became too annoying. And like, they're traveling with me for work now. So it's like, sorry, guys, you're going to have to get over it. Yeah. Like, and they don't care. They actually love the camera. Yeah. And that was like nice to have that balance. But it was hard because I was like, I don't post. I don't know what to post. I'm also like incredibly uninspired when it comes to YouTube. Like how you're killing it. And I... You are doing so well and I love your videos. No, you are. And I'm like, I don't even like want to post. I 
I'm like really. I love your vlog so much, but I have a theory that whatever platform you started on, you get incredibly burnt out. Um, Absolutely. And that's how I am with Instagram. Like that's why I left Instagram for six months. And even coming back, it's been fun, but I caught myself like scrolling a lot and I'm like, absolutely not. Like I will not be letting this become a toxic part of my life again. So I've again, taken like kind of a step back where I'm like, I'm not going to post a ton or be on there a ton because I don't want to get back into that same cycle. But that being said, yeah, I feel like because I did Instagram for so long and then with just algorithm changes and life changes and stuff, I just got to the point where I'm like, I don't know what to take a photo of. I have no original ideas. I'm still stuck in the mindset of like, you know, well, this was a little bit before, but like using presets and like having very curated photos because that's the world I like was brought up in. And now it's like so just, oh, photo dump of whatever. And I like couldn't get past like, no, it has to be cured. I couldn't even mentally take like a casual photo because I don't know how because that's all I've done for eight years is take travel bloggery-esque photos. So I was the same. I'm like, I'm so burnt out. I don't know what to post. I, you know, don't grow on this app at all. Like, I don't care. And I feel a lot of my YouTuber friends who started out on YouTube feel the exact same way. They're like, I hate YouTube. Like, how do you like have so much, you know, how are your vlogs? So da da And I'm like, I think it's just because I didn't start that long ago. So I'm more inspired with it. Yeah. And it's like newer. Yeah. It's like fresh. I feel that way about TikTok. Like it's so fun to me because it's not my main thing. And it's just like a random thing I've been like doing on like not on the side, but you know what I mean? But my friends who were like TikTok heavy primarily on TikTok hate it. Same thing. So I swear. I swear that's it. It's like wherever you start and wherever you get your like followers or, you know, your audience. I swear it's just like so easy to get burnt out from it. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to talk about, well, in last episode, we talked about navigating your 20s. People loved it, okay? Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about navigating your 20s, especially when we've all been talking about this recently, like changing, I don't know, I'm not like saying this correctly, probably, but like changing your beliefs or maybe reevaluating your relationship that you've had with like certain religion or organization or whatever it is. Where are y'all at now? We are, we are scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've been talking about this so much amongst ourselves and like with friends and stuff and <laughs> on scared. and on our podcast a little bit as well. I think this is what I was talking about on our podcast recently. I was saying I have always been like, I don't want to share my thoughts on religion until I know for sure, like what That's I believe I in and, and where I'm at and what I'm going to do for the future. Like, because the truth is I've never connected super deeply with Mormonism, which is we both grew up Mormon. And but it, it's such a huge part of my life and my identity that I was just like, oh, this is easy. Like I like obviously I'm always going to be Mormon because it's like what it's just all I know, you know. And then once I got married and just started growing up and like thinking for myself and moved away from home and stuff, I was like, hmm, do I just do this because that's what I have always done or do I do this because I love it and I connect with it so deeply and it sits well in my soul and I love it. Like I just started having that kind of conversation with myself. And again, online, I always avoided the subject completely because I'm like, I don't know what when people be like, are you Mormon? Do you do this? I'm like, I don't want to talk about this because I don't know how I feel. Did you ever talk about it before? Or did they just guess? A little bit here and there. Yeah, I would talk about it here and there. And if you know, someone asked, but yeah, I'm Mormon. So everyone kind of knew, I think not everyone, but a lot of people, especially OG people who have followed me for a long time. And I just started making it like not a part of my content at all. I was like, I literally have words blocked on my Instagram still where you can't even like comment certain words that have to do with Mormonism because I was just like getting overwhelmed with being asked those types of questions all the time. And then, yeah, I was always like, I'm not going to share until I know what I believe. And it's just lately, I feel like I've kind of gained confidence with being like, I'm fine to share about it, even though I still don't know what I believe in completely. And I think that just came with time and growth and becoming a little bit older and being like, I don't think anyone really has it all figured out. So it's fine to admit that. And also, whenever we do share about anything on this subject, I get hundreds of messages like girls are just like, thank you so much. Like, I feel the same way. And so I think I'm just more open to talking about it now. But yeah, the answer is like, I don't know where I stand. I feel like I don't connect with a majority of like the LDS religion anymore. And it's been like very terrifying and like kind of heartbreaking. I feel like I'm mourning like a past version of myself who was always just like a good, wholesome, like church girl. That's the identity I put onto it, I guess. And trying to like rebuild as just myself and whatever that means. I don't really feel the need to put labels on it or be like, 
I left the church. I'll never go back. Like I hate it's it's not that. It's just like I'm gonna do what feels right to me. And that's at this moment, not, you know, being super converted and bought into all those Mormon values. I was just talking to my friends this weekend about how I love back to school season. Growing up, I used to wait all year to go back to school shopping for supplies, for outfits. I would have my outfit picked out like a month in advance and just sitting in my room ready to go. So the first day of school is actually right around the corner. And Macy's has the outfits from brands like Levi's, Free People, and Mango that are so good that the kids will want to lay them out the night before, just like me. I actually still do that, guys. And of course, no first day at school is complete without a backpack and new shoes. Macy's has the brands that you love, like Birkenstocks and Nikes. Are the kids heading into college? Get dorm essentials like bedding, beauty blenders for the makeup savvy, and Fitbits to make good use of the campus gym at macy's.com slash back to school. Again, that is macy's.com slash back to school. It is the best time of the year, back to school season. Like actually this year is like flying by absolutely crazy. But again, that is Macy's.com slash back to school. Y'all, let me put you on something that my friend put me on or started talking about really two years ago. And it is apostrophe. Okay. I have been dealing with adult acne, which is something they don't tell you about your 20s. And it's absolutely awful. But apostrophe has really come in and made quite the difference. So Y'all are unaware, Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. At Apostrophe, an expert dermatology team will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies, and a board-certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan. I got my treatment plan, I think, in maybe even less than 24 hours. It was so quick. Like, let me tell you, amazing. Apostrophe also treats all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne and even chest knee, back knee, and butt knee. They treat breakouts from head to toe. So I have a little topical treatment, and then I take one pill a day, and I have noticed my acne going down so much. Like, let me tell you guys, this is it, okay? It was also really easy to do. The website is cute. I like the interface. It makes it, like, actually enjoyable, and it's actually genuinely a very quick quiz. It also comes with a cute postcard and stickers to personalize your prescription bottle. Like, honestly, it's amazing. The best part about this, too, is that you don't even have to go to the pharmacy and wait in line to get your meds. They show up at your door. And we have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash Kinsey when you use our code Kinsey. This code is only available to our listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash Kinsey and click begin visit. Then use our code Kinsey at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That is A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash Kinsey and use code Kinsey to get your first dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring this podcast. I was listening to us podcast the other day and what you said about like I was waiting until I knew 100% and then, then I was going to give like my answer. That's how I felt. And it was something like, unfortunately, the college that I went to, like it was so obviously like, a, like not even a part of content, but like it was just such a big part of my life. And like I vlogged my life. So like, whereas if I was just doing podcasts or something, it could be different. So it was something that like, I couldn't really avoid. And I kept trying to like not answer. And it was annoying, not annoying. And I understand why people were asking, but it was hard to like figure it out for myself when all these people kept asking me questions and I was like, I really don't know. And I honestly thought it was going to take like six months to a year and I'd be like, oh, I got it. I yeah. know. It's been like two years and, and like, I'm uh-huh. like, oh, I have no idea. Yeah. And I don't know, like I could come back in a year and be like, oh my God, I love it. I'm back in church. This is yes. great. But also it could be a year from now and I like, I could never go back. Like I don't know. But same thing. When I started talking about it, it was those episodes that I was so afraid of talking about it and I've never received more messages about anything I've ever posted in the internet in almost a decade since I started at this point ever it's like everyone is feeling this specifically in your 20s because you're becoming like your own person Mm -hmm. outside of where you're from and you're just more independent you're not with your family anymore you're not in your area whatever it is and it is 
It was like probably the scariest thing I've ever done though was leaving and I was so terrified and I thought, cause there's a lot of like from my background, there's a lot of like people would always say like your life gets so much better in community and things like that. And I was like, okay, but like this, to be honest with you, isn't necessarily the community that I'm finding to be like the, the healthiest for me. And there's a lot of aspects about this that are like not the best, honestly, and I don't connect with and I don't really want to be a part of it. And it's so weird because I I thought when I left, like it was going to be this thing of like all of a sudden, like God hates me. And you have even, like a horrible life. Mm-hmm. Yes, which is weird because I never viewed God that way. And I never and like I don't even know what I believe, but I didn't think like it really wasn't in like an axe way for me. Like Christianity is very like axe as in like A-C-T-S, not A-X. Okay. To be clear. Okay. Yeah. But it was never, I don't know, it was weird because like logically I wasn't thinking this is by like my like my doing because that's not what Christianity teaches you it's like a grace thing but in my like the way it had been taught to me I was like oh my god when I leave and if I'm not a part and I'm not in quotes building the house all of a sudden my whole life is gonna go to shit basically and it's so weird because not that I do whatever you want guys I'm just this is just a conversation okay but from my experience leaving has been the best thing I've ever done for myself and I think it's helped me so much and I think had I stayed I would have it was just getting I was so confused and it was not healthy and I found the best community of people just in my life outside of it and I've never been happier and I've never felt better and I know like when I I'll say this now I can still hear what they will say they're gonna Mm -hmm. be like oh of course it feels better because you're getting drunk every weekend you're doing this and oh like yeah it's fun and it's like shut up like it's not about Like, for me, it was not about, like, going out. It was about, like, I'm actually, I feel horrible. And this is, like, not, at this time in my life, a really good thing. And this experience that I've had is actually, has hurt me way more than it's helped me. My therapist is a Christian therapist. She never brings up God, but she is. And I will tell her things that have happened. And she's, like, like, therapists are not supposed to, like, have their eyes bulge. And she's, like, oh, my God. So I know I'm not crazy. But I have, I cannot tell you the amount of friends that I have. Like, we're all in this place. And it's very normal. And I think it's okay to just not know. Yes. Exactly. I think that's the hardest thing. Like, there's two things that I struggle with is certainties and extremes. Like, my Me brain, it, I was telling my husband, I'm like, I can't shut my brain off. Like, I can't convince my brain of stuff sometimes. Or so it's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I, I'm accepting it. Everything's fine. And then, like, there's this, like, little thing eating at me that's like, are you sure it's fine? Are you sure? Like, what about this? It's kind of like we were saying with all the information. It's like... It's hard for me to just make a decision because I think of the 10 different like things that could happen because of it. So it's like I think of almost the extremes of things where it's like like you're saying, if I leave, I'm literally going to get hit by lightning or something like that. And if I stay like there's bad and I don't know. Like my career will end and like somehow it's like some weird karma, even though karma is not even part of the thing, like something like that. So then you make it super big like you make it a really big deal that's how I feel like it's just I'll sit there and I'm like zoning out and I'm like having literally an existential crisis I'm like what's happening like and I'm stressing out and I'm just feeling like something that I've been talking in therapy about is like engaging in life and disengaging and I feel like when I start to not trust myself not trust my gut overthink things especially in extremes things like that I start to disengage from life I'm not even participating like I'm just like watching things happen I'm not I don't know, just present. Like I'm thinking about the future and the past and I'm literally not in the present whatsoever. And I don't want to be like that, especially I have a baby. It's like, I want to be so present with him. And and so it's like, I want to just tell myself, it's fine, don't worry about it. But then again, the little voices in my head are like, well, you have to figure this out, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, I just hear like a million different voices and it's hard to sometimes, especially when I'm not in the best, most zen place to shut them out and be perfect and be like, no, I'm so unbothered by all of that. So I've been trying to just, be more present and I feel like answers come to me when I'm present and engaged in life and I know what to do and I know like moment by moment but I've also been trying not to like you said like say this is forever or this is like never again not using those words and just like this is how I am today and right now in the present it could change but I'm not thinking about that I'm just going with what I feel today and that's all you literally have is right now yes and like there are certain churches one here that normally is on Wednesday nights and to dawn the other day I was like and we both were like if they have it this week we'd want to go like there's certain things that I can still do and that I'm still like that actually makes me feel good but it's interesting I was so extreme in my thinking I'm always extreme in my thinking but 
I remember when I was really in the peak of it being like really it's kind of like the quote it's not that deep you know like very great quote you're welcome guys yeah but it's like the idea of like it's not that deep I every single like decision that I made would be like almost like over spiritualized like to the point where I thought if I make one wrong decision it's gonna set me off from like the God's plan for me in quotes and it was so dire like it was it was like very, very extreme. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. And it's debilitating. God, yes, it's debilitating. It really was. And God forbid you have a platform that's like about yourself when you're in that world. Like it's literally, it was the worst thing you could have. Like there was just a lot that was really difficult, but also I definitely recognize the good. And I'm very grateful for a lot of the good. Like I, I see both sides. I'm not someone who is like trying to like burn the building down. Like mm-hmm. it's not... I think there's times where I may be more of it, like when certain things happen to like a friend or I get a call or I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like hearing, like sometimes you're just too close, you know? Mm-hmm. But I would say for the most part, like after I, the first probably six months to a year, I would say it's about six months for me to finally admit to myself that like I needed to like leave. And then it was another six months of me in therapy. And like every single day I could like hear what they would say, which is so crazy because before that, I would never have cared what anyone thought. I was not like that naturally. I was not someone who was looking for someone's approval for things. I would have never, like, it's almost like I was like, not that they beat me down. Maybe I beat myself down. I don't know. But it was a very weird thing. And I could, I would say things as I was like kind of growing out of it. And I could hear, like I said earlier, like I can hear their response, like their like church response of Mm -hmm. like, well, that's not it. Or it's like, it's not like, I promise you, we will also get messages. It's like, it's not it's not God, it's the people. It's not, you know, like it's things like that, that I could just like hear constantly. But it has been, because even I've also read books about people who like left very drastically and then came back later in their life. And all of them have also said the best thing they ever did was leave. So I'm like, regardless, I think what I'm- be the best thing for you. I think it'll be the best thing for me. And I think it was a good move, but it's also just like, I think it's just like healthy conversations to have. Yeah. But it's really scary to have them. And my husband said something to me that like as I was telling him all these things and stressing like the F out about it where I almost feel the opposite of you where I I grew up thinking it's not that deep. Like I had only good feelings about it. Like Mm -hmm. never took things, never really felt like so shameful of things like the the classic things that I hear I'm like uh, I don't like relate to that but I also take on those people's where I'm like oh yeah I should have you know yeah I don't know anyways I was telling him all these things and I'm like I used to feel like you said where I didn't care I'm like I used to be so unbothered like people said something to me or like disagreed I'm like I don't care I'm not really bothered by that I'm just doing my thing and I trust myself so much so you know but and I think when your just foundation is shook, it's just you start. I just stopped trusting myself. I'm like, yes. what voice is right? Like, wh- who? Like, what am I literally trying to even figure out? I can't even complete a sentence in my mind. Like, my mind is literally a jumbled mess. And I was telling him all these things, and he was like, "Well, why don't you just take a break?" He's like, and the way that he said that, like, just taking a break, it's exactly kind of what I need of not extremes, where it's not like I'm never coming back or I'm never. You know, I'm never coming back or I'm never... What's the opposite of that? Leaving. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. And it, like, brought me so much just peace because I'm like, okay, again, kind of brought me back to the present where right now I'm just going to take a break. And that's where I'm at and that's okay with me. And, again, like you said, it could be the best thing ever for me. But I'm not even going to worry about that right now. It's like I'm just going to take the day as it comes i think i I read a quote that was like religion is basing your faith or whatever off of other people's experiences and spirituality is having your own and that like was kind of a light bulb moment for me where i'm like all of the things that i base my foundation on i realized were other people's experiences with the church like i didn't have that many experiences myself if I was being super honest with myself that solidified my faith for me and I realized I'm like even with the community community thing like you're saying people are always like well it's a community to be around it's like you said it's like but what if that's not the right community for me like community doesn't equal church Mm -hmm. community is people around you that uplift you and make you feel your best and you feel inspired and happy so if that's not the community that's doing that for me then you know what why am I here kind of thing And 
again, it's like I'll feel good about where I'm at and then I'll start thinking of the perception, like you said, or like people's responses in my head. You know, when that's how you grow up, you know, no different. And people are like, you know, if you do leave the church, like you're going down a very selfish path and you're doing all these things. And then so I'll have these moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, am I being super selfish? But I'm like, but I can't deny my gut feelings. Like I'm not going to just, again, base my faith off of another random person saying that to me. Yeah. So it's interesting too. So I didn't, ironically enough, I didn't grow up in church being from Texas and I moved to LA and I ended up in a Bible college, like very backwards. (laughs) But it's interesting because I didn't grow up in it. So a lot of the things of like premarital sex and drinking and like whatever are things I was already doing. So like that stuff didn't like, oh, yeah, I, know. Like, I like, gotta go. <laughs> no, but it was like stuff that it just that stuff didn't bother me. It was more so after I was in largely like very involved in a community. It was it was more so of like my life and like it was almost deeper than just like these are things you should do and these are things you shouldn't do. It was like my life path and plan, and I was like, there's no way around it, and this is what I have to do, and my platform is bad and this should be th- this way. And it was like such a mind fuck, honestly, for so long. And if you're in that place and you're like scared and you are already stepping away, it gets so much better. Mm-hmm. Like as time has gone on, I can see more clearly and I'm not like, it's not like you're blaming everyone else. It's just like, this is where I'm at for now. And that's also helped me of not being like, I hate this and I'll never be back. Like I never know, like Dom and I joke about this all the time like in a vlog today she was like like we joke about this stuff all the time I'm like maybe we will go like yeah. you never know yeah. we'll, like, we see us but it's just I don't know like it's I think it's been a very healthy thing what that I've done but it's normal for your 20s yes can I ask like what made you question or be like wait I don't know if I'm I mean this is gonna I'm gonna get so many DMs for this because they're gonna be like I told you <laughs> it ne- it wasn't necessarily like well okay I've always been very pro gay like always like my entire life my uncles like I've I've always been that way so I always didn't agree in certain areas yes and that always bothered me but the churches that I were at didn't really talk about it so I think because it wasn't talked about like it didn't you just assumed me. maybe yeah oh. well it was never talked about oh. but like so you're I, like as long as I don't have to face it all the time it's like fine yeah but then I was like that still isn't good and then I, that was always the thing that like really bothered me though like I always I would like keep me up at night I'm like yeah. why are these people like like I didn't get it and then it was That's honestly, very relatable mm-hmm. yeah 100%. And that, that was like the hardest just like it LGBT just doesn't sit right community. with you yes all. it yeah. never sat right with me and that always really bothered me and then I think it was just like a slow burn of things that happen. Also, sometimes you just get too close and like you know too much. And I was so too afraid close to, to who? Just like the people. There. Oh, gotcha. You just like know too much about what's going on. And I can think of like probably 20 examples, mm-hmm. but there wasn't a moment where I was like, I'm done. I just remember, honestly, it was like my therapist giving me like permission to be like, you don't have to like, and I was living in Texas at this point, but it was just like the overall idea. She was like, you. Like, this isn't what this has to look like for you. And I just never thought I could even step away at all. And it ended up being such a burden on my life versus, like, being what a positive thing that it once was. So I think overall, I mean, it really was, like, the people. Like, yeah, yeah. as it is for, like, most people. But also it was, like, things that were taught to me that, like, I don't even think is the truth. Mm-hmm. But, like, of especially when you are, like, an overachiever, it's very hard because I was also a very black and white thinker in certain ways like maybe with myself not with the world and uh, so I was like I have to like I was just so afraid that if I left my life would like fall apart because that's kind of like what you're told and like your life is better there and like God rewards you and all this stuff and I was like that's just not I don't know and like again there's so many great things that came from this time of my life but like I'm still in therapy so like it's tough well, you know? it also really bothers me what you're saying earlier about when people, I see this all the time, they'll be like, people leave the church and then it becomes their personality trait. Like, they just like keep talking about it. Like, yeah, I left the church and whatever. It's like, shut up, like, just leave silently. Like, why do you have to like make a big fuss? And that bothers me because it's basically the irony is like, okay, so if we don't think exactly like you, mm-hmm. we can't have an opinion. We can't have an experience. Like, let people share whatever experience they want to to share like it doesn't just because it doesn't align or line up with how you view the church you have to understand that every single person has their own experiences within the church some very positive some very negative but they're all real so 
it, it bugs me because it's like essentially negating someone's whole experience, tr- potentially trauma, thoughts, all of it, just because you you don't agree and that's not your experience with the church or you feel personally attacked, which I do understand. You know, people within the church, if you are talking poorly about it or if you're like, oh, I didn't like this experience with it, they feel attacked because it's such a huge part of their life and they feel like you're, I don't know, being hate rude or something about it. But I just feel like we should all be able to share whatever experience is true for us, no matter what. And wouldn't you want to hear the experience of people leaving so that maybe there could be like improvement or exactly. maybe some people have a point. I mean, clearly, like I in college had to write I had to write a paper and I it was something something like religious studies. I don't remember, but it was about the decline of like Christianity as a whole in America and how our generation has the least amount of people in church and it's just dwindling down. Like there's a reason for that, you know? Like maybe we should and I'm again, there are churches that are amazing that I love. One here that I was like I would go there. Like there are incredible places. It's not everyone, it's not every situation, but wouldn't you want like in any like business if every if your turnover rate for employees is so high you have to fix something internally so like why are churches not thinking that way you know every it's organization needs fault. improvement yeah every single one doesn't matter the religion doesn't matter the organization exactly i mean that's the same with the lds church i believe it's like rapidly declining as well like faster than it ever has before you have to look at that like yeah I know it's my therapist was basically saying like religions all are businesses. And so sometimes they just turn into a business and they forget like the intention that that started with where it's like they have PR, they have marketing, they have things to do. They have crisis teams. Mm -hmm. Yes, that don't like marketing does not align with my spirituality at all. Those are opposite sides of like that. So when I feel like something is marketable or it's like gimmicky, I'm like, that doesn't feel like like religion or not religion, spirituality. like spirituality to me. Like it doesn't, it doesn't click mm-hmm. to me. So then, it, then I start to separate them where I'm like, okay, so. Exactly. It's not all black and white. And I, and I think also it's like whatever, because a lot of religions are kind of that black and white type of thinking, sometimes it's hard, I think, for people to admit that there is some sort of fault or that like not everything's perfect within, you know, the church if they're super like, they buy into everything about their church. It's like they don't want to see any negatives about it when there are certain realities that are like, no, it's fact. Like, you know, the churches make more money from you being there. That's a mm-hmm. fact. That's not it's not a hateful thing to say. We it's make more fact. money the more people listen. It's like exactly that's, just- that's how it is. So it's like there are certain things that I think it's like if everyone just could be a little bit more with within the church and, you know, not in the church just a little bit more open to like hearing different things again to improve it or whatever. But it's like when you're just completely blind to that there's any problem, there's no room for improvement. It, even like we're saying with like modesty or purity culture, it's like, you know, so many girls feel shame and so many girls feel this, this way. There is room for improvement here. Like we can do better within the church, you know? So why wouldn't we want to do that? It's just like you said, why wouldn't we want to improve everything? People are just so blindly bought out too that they won't even admit that there's something that needs improvement. And then they wait until something blows up and then it's just over with. The people that I can still talk to that I do go to for advice are actually like very big in this world. And they are- Into the Christian world? Yes. And they're the first ones, like my closest friends that I will like go to for things. They're older than me. They're the first ones to be like, that's not okay. Like, and I'm like, that's so refreshing that you say that and the position that you're in because it's like, I'm just so- It shows human. It yes. shows like person. Yes. yes. And that's exactly I how agree. I would describe them. Like they're just human beings. Like they're not like this robot of like, yes, I'm in. This is the best day ever. Like that's the only thing that we're doing. Like it's just not very real and it's not very relatable. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really get in. The other thing too, that was really hard for me was we, I cannot tell you the amount of, classes and teachings that we got that were like teaching us how to not get offended like do not get offended if someone snaps at you if someone's rude to you if you're doing this when you're doing 12 hours of free work for us and we're yelling at you like don't get offended and I think like 
you know, sometimes it's helpful. Like, that's a good thing to learn in life. But, like, not when that's the only lesson that you're getting and you're not learning how to, like, lead with love and, like, I don't know, actually practice out what you're preaching. Mm -hmm. But it was very difficult for me. So while how I found that to, like, really, like, almost, like, manifest in my life was that I already was shoving down so many feelings that I'd had prior to that. And then to be taught to not get offended. So anytime someone, if someone says, like something horribly rude to you, it is actually okay to feel upset about that. Like it's normal to have emotions, but I was taught that like you are not allowed to and you shouldn't and you should just get over it and brush it off, even though it's like literally crazy. And so as time went on and then I was like closing, like it, again, I'm a very extreme person, but in every other relationship in my life, I just suddenly like shut down and I couldn't talk about emotions. I couldn't, and that was not me before. But it took a long time. Like I literally started journaling and I was like, oh, suddenly I know where these emotions are coming from. But I couldn't figure it out before because I was it was so drilled into me. Like, don't get offended. Like this is for the house and like things that like I think could be good in small doses, not like just how things are run. It was very, very difficult. And then all of a sudden I was like, I made myself so small that I don't even know who I am anymore. And then again, when you leave, it's like your whole foundation shakes even though I had had a foundation outside of that before. And it was just very hard. But again, like over time, it got better. Well, this is, as you're saying that, you'll really like the book, The New Earth, because it was, like I was saying, identity. Like when you grow up or like you're saying, all of a sudden you attach yourself to identity of religion, of a certain religion, that is like your biggest thing that you're attached to. And then when it you leave or you're not associated with it anymore, you feel so empty like shaken and empty yeah. but that's the ego telling you that like you have to have more to be more and like that's your identity so who are you now like you're freaking out but and I'm just I'm not I'm literally saying this myself thinking out loud like that's not who you are you never were that that's not like the essence of who you are the essence of who you are cannot be described in words it's it's way more than any label or any identity that you could possibly have and I feel like when I I was just telling JT, I'm like, when I'm remembering that and I am Zen and I am in, you know, I'm so unbothered and I'm, I have all the answers. Like, I'm like, I know, I know it's, I'm present and I trust myself and I'm like, my intuition is so clear. It's like yelling at me and I feel so good. And, and not like good, like, oh yes, I'm excused. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a difference between good is like peaceful, just okay. It's like acceptance, pure acceptance. It's not judging it's not any of these things so anyways i just had that thought why you were saying that, I, but. No, I think it's, it's so important to remember too that there's not one size fits all and i think that's really hard when you grow up in religion because you're kind of taught at least that's how i feel like i'm taught that there literally is Yo, that this religion that, yeah. does fit every lifestyle and it's for everyone and kind of yeah walking away from that mindset it's important because like you were saying with you know people drilling in your head like don't get offended people can treat you this way and it doesn't matter Potentially for certain personalities, that's helpful for them. That works for them, but it didn't work for you. And I feel that in so many ways with like, you know, our religion, it's like there are certain there are certain pressure points or touchy points for certain people where it's like certain teachings. I'm trying to come up with an example, but I was just telling Chelsea, like I have never really related to, I don't know. I have always been a very big dreamer and want to have like a career and I've never been the girl, which again, there's nothing wrong with this. It's just my personality. That's like, oh, I can't wait to get married and have babies and like have my husband work and I just be a housewife. Again, I think that moms are literally superheroes. That's just never been my main like concern. And I feel like in the church that was drilled into me is like, you're the wife and the mom. You like literally cook, clean, dress modestly. And you, your husband is the leader of your house and you do kind of essentially what he says, you know? And and, and they, there's certain things, it's not always like this toxic narrative, but I never connected with that. I was like, I want to make my own money. I don't want to get married early, which is ironic because I got married when I was 21. But I literally had that mindset. You want to be the breadwinning housewife. Yes. Yes. But I was like, I want to travel. Like, I don't want to have kids super young. God really got me with the karma on that one, didn't he? And the infertility. Okay. I'm just doing what you told me, (laughs) But yeah, there's so many parts that I didn't connect with in that way. And for other people, they're like, oh, that was never a problem for me because like, I don't care about that. You know what I mean? So it's just like there's little pain points for every different person. And there is no one size fits all religion. There just isn't. It's like everyone's spirituality and personality and everything about them. Like Chelsea said, the essence of who you are, we're all just these unique individual souls. It's like, how can we possibly all fit into this one basket, you know? Absolutely. So, 
Guys, this has been a really good episode. Are we done? I have, I, I have so much more to say. You, I know. I'm like, we can do a part two. Yes. Um, we just, yeah, we have to be done. We, we have the, to have the, a part two about like people. Because I was just about yes. to say, we'll no, literally go. end on a cliffhanger. <laughs> the older I get, like me and Jace were talking about this, I used to think peop- like all people were, I don't know, just so agreeable and you get along with, you can get along with anybody. But the older I get, I'm like, wait, it's actually so hard to have like, really good solid relationships i don't know if that's how it just gets when you're older and you're all adults and you have your own lives or it's like our generation or something but i'm like it actually people would always ask us how do you find good friends in your 20s and i'm like easy look anywhere like they're (laughs) they're everywhere right down the street yeah yeah but i feel like i don't know maybe having a kid has made me semi more cynical but i'm like no i agree with you i feel like most people agree like feel this way yeah it's so interesting it's like rare to have like very deep meaningful healthy friendships it's and relationships. hard to who, find. who i think it what i'm trying to say is it's hard to find people who actually accept who don't just like think that they're like instagram or tiktok or self-help accepting you like but like trying to change you it's like no actually understand what acceptance means and does that with you know accepts you as as exactly you as you are yeah it's incredibly rare yes yeah that's a great part too there we go yeah. okay. see you next time <laughs> see you next time guys all right so where can they find you you can listen to our podcast it's called what we said podcast and our instagram is just at what we said podcast and you can follow me jc marie smith on any platform you can follow me at chelsea jade curtis and that's ey okay don't forget don't forget yeah all right thanks guys <laughs> All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's crazy. I don't feel like I ever lose my like Texas twang, if you will. I don't really even have twang. I think I just say y'all and I call it a day. But uh, I find that I, I'm sounding a little more Texan right now, now that I'm back. But anyways, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And I will talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye.